What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Namaste Podcast, a podcast dedicated to uplifting the soul and connecting self-help ideas to extraordinary success. Love it. <laughs> Love <laughs> it. Today on the show, I have Mitch Parker in the house. He is a real estate marketing and sales expert. How are you today? I'm fantastic. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. <laughs> the energy in here is amazing. I know like people listening can't tell, but it's like mm. happiness in the room. You can feel it. Thank you. I yeah. really appreciate that. Well, yeah. that's that's the whole goal of the show. And to be honest, I don't know what came first. But I think possibly the show also makes me really energetic and excited and happy. And so therefore, it just produces this. Amazing. So, Amazing. Yeah. One feeds the other and it's like a snowball effect. Exactly. Yeah. It just keeps going and going. And hopefully <laughs> everyone... happiness. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, right before the show, I was talking to Mitch about how I don't know much about investing, but I am excited to pick your brain. So first off, uh, why don't you just tell us how you got into investing and marketing and whatnot? For sure. So um, my background is in uh, business with a specialization in finance. That's what I went to school for. And I was actually licensed as a certified financial planner. Uh, But while I was going in school, uh, I actually was working construction and renovations. And I know that's like two completely random different paths. But I graduated school. And while I was looking for like a real career job, I was doing the renovations and the construction. And I got so busy doing it that um, I ended up starting my own company. And so my dad's an entrepreneur. He always has been. And now my mom's an entrepreneur like years later. So I guess I always had it in me to Mm -hmm. do my own thing. And I was never really that good at following other people's orders. (laughs) Same. (laughs) Right? So um, it was very natural progression. So um, as I did the renovations um, and I gained that skill set, it was around the same time as when everybody was flipping houses, right? Okay. Like, remember like Discovery Channel and yes. uh, you name it, every channel, it was like somebody flipping a house. What was it called uh, while you were out? That was my favorite. Do you remember that? Or Trading <laughs> Spaces? Trading Spaces yes. was one. Yeah, so I mean, there was like thousands of them kind yeah. of thing, right? And so while I was doing this and while I was watching these shows, I, I kind of got this idea where I have the finance background, so I understand the numbers and I have my skill set plus a crew of guys. So why don't, I buy a house, renovate it, and resell it. It just kind of aligns all my skills together. And so um, I approached my father, uh, you know, and I said, why don't you come in and we'll do this together? And so he actually ended up being my first, like, real joint venture partner. And we bought a house together, uh, and it was was in Ottawa. And it turned out to be a student property, and we we renovated it, and we rented it out to students who went to Carleton and Ottawa University. Mm -hmm. Um, And just through that, I learned that... Um, real estate really was this amazing way to build long-term wealth. Mm. And so from there, I got my real estate license. uh, And I've since, I originally got it to help myself buy properties and have access to databases that you get when you're a licensed agent. But since then, you know, I've worked with a lot of people teaching them how to do it and helping them buy properties. Mm -hmm. Um, And so now what I do is I'm part of a group called Hirsch Condos. And through my experience, we now market and sell um, complete whole developments, some of the best developments in the GTA. So we represent Mm -hmm. the builder to sell out entire buildings at a time. Hmm. 
Cool. Very interesting. I actually know a few people that uh, have gotten, well, actually one, two people that got their license in order to have all the different perks of buying and then they, they'll redo the house and then they'll sell it themselves. It seems like that's very popular right now. It's great. And, you know, especially in you, like we're sitting here in Toronto and the market's so crazy here mm-hmm. that if you don't know a property comes for sale right away, um, you're not going to have a chance at it. So by having your license, it enables you to have that opportunity to buy. Um, but then at the same time, it, it goes further than that because one of the things that I love doing is I love teaching people how to build wealth and how to create wealth. And I don't think that it's a hard thing to do. I think it takes a lot of discipline. There's no doubt about that. But I think, you know, you implement a strategy that it doesn't involve that many crazy steps. And, and before you know it, you look back and you're like, wow, I created this. And you really set yourself up for um, an easier second half of your life right wow this is actually really correlated that we're having this conversation because I actually I have been thinking a lot about in the future I'd like to start investing and like I said I don't know much about it so so say you are someone that would really like to start right now thinking about putting away some money for the future and investing in a property what would you say would be the first sort of few steps that they should take to you know get them on track for that Totally. So the first step is you always have to do this like self-assessment of where you currently stand now, right? Okay. So how's my credit? How's my income? How are my savings? Mm-hmm. Because that's really going to create the foundation to what you can do, okay. right? And then the next step after that is to figure out little hacks and tr- tricks to how can I save like a little bit more money, okay. right? And I'm not talking about like like... Look, I buy a Starbucks coffee every single day. I'm not looking to cut your like $5 latte if you love it and that makes you happy. Then like order your latte and like live your best life kind of thing, right? But there's a lot of things that, you know, especially now, like like so many things in this world are subscription-based, right? You have Netflix, you have Crave, you have, uh, I pay for like Adobe, I pay for this, I pay for that. And I bet you if, you if you go back and look through all the stuff you're paying for and not using, you can probably easily pull a couple hundred dollars a month just from that alone right and then you make a few other little changes and you know you notice that your life didn't change drastically Mm -hmm. you still have this like good quality of life but then there's extra money lying around every month right right? and so you're able to put that towards um, buying a property you're able to put that towards starting to invest like whatever stage you're at um, again, it comes down to figuring out where you are and then figuring out the little differences that are going to make a big difference down the road. Right. Cool. So, and you said that you like teaching this sort of thing. Do you have any classes or do you do like <laughs> private coaching? I don't. Um, it's been something that's, that's crossed my mind. It's just, we're, I'm usually so busy yeah. selling so many buildings. Like, you know, we'll, we'll end up doing something around a thousand units this year. Um, yeah, so, so that keeps us quite busy. Um, but you know, there always is that little side hustle and the side projects that are, Mm -hmm. that are ongoing and the personal branding stuff. But for now it's like, you know, if somebody wants to invest in real estate, Mm -hmm. it's just reach out to me and let's go grab a coffee Mm -hmm. and let's kind of figure out if it makes sense for you, Mm -hmm. um, and how it can make sense for you. Because when, when people really think about buying or investing in real estate, Mm -hmm. they automatically come to this. Um, mental place where it's like, I'm going to become a landlord, right? You're going to buy a place, you're going to find a tenant, and you're going to become a landlord. Right. And 
And then the next thing that usually comes to mind is this visual of like a clogged toilet at like three in the morning where you're getting a call and you just hate your life, right? <laughs> oh my God. And, and so while I've personally, I've dealt with the clogged toilets yeah. at three in the morning, right? Like when I was younger. <laughs> um, but there's so many other different ways that you can invest in real estate. Like, like a private mortgage, for example, is really good. And so that is where you're essentially acting as the bank to somebody who needs to borrow money. And your investment oh. is actually secured by the title of the house. So if they don't pay, then you, you actually, yeah, you take possession and you sell the house off to recoup your investment back. So wow. it becomes a very, very safe and secure investment, mm -hmm. but there's no work to it on a month to month basis. It's mm -hmm. just like when you pay your mortgage at the bank or you pay your rent to your landlord, right? Like th there's no, nothing other than you get to do like a fun stroll to the bank and deposit your check right. kind of thing, right? Like that's the hardest thing about it. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's really interesting. I didn't even know that people could do that. Yeah, and it's... It, there's a lot of different things like that that are not widely known. I mean, mm. if you look at the investment industry in general, most of the marketing dollars are spent by the big five banks, mm. right? Mm. And the big five banks are very like mutual fund, tax-free savings account, RRSP investment heavy. Mm -hmm. And while those are uh, amazing for, for most people as a vehicle of savings, there's a lot of options out there that people just don't know about. And right. if... And if you have a couple of sources to have the conversation with, mm -hmm. it opens your eyes to what's out there. And it's, yeah, and, and like, you know, I, I look at people who just have cash sitting in like a regular savings account yeah. and you're just literally like losing time. It's just sitting there. It's just sitting there not earning right. anything. Like you're losing time, right? Right. Wow, you really should make like an online, like <laughs> even a video course or something because that would just, you know, people could just buy it and then it's already done, right? Just teaching them all these different ways of investing. Because I, you know, there's people like my mom whom she you know, uh, 10 years ago invested in the home that she lives in now. And I think she paid maybe 230,000. Now the area is worth like 600,000. And like, amazing. you know, so that, yeah. that was a great thing that she did, but she doesn't really know much about this. And she's, um, my, one of my friends, uh, they're moving in with her. And so she's trying to navigate that and yeah. now being like a tenant. And, uh, we've been talking a lot, uh, to my friend, Natasha, who's actually, she's a, a property manager. She owns like a property managing okay, yeah. company in Oshawa. And she, it's funny that, that what you said about the toilet and all that, because she was telling us all these crazy stories about how she has to deal with lawyers and whatnot and how like sometimes people don't pay rent. And so you have to wait a certain amount of time before you can actually kick them out. Yeah. That's yeah. There's crazy. a process to it. It is. Wow. It's, it's a process. Mm -hmm. Um you know what? Maybe I have to put that course together. <laughs> you do. I think, honestly, I think you do. I know you do a lot, but maybe like, you know, just chew on it. You can give me 10% if you want. Whatever. Perfect. Sounds good. All right. Royalty. For the idea. Yeah, introduction royalty. royalty. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So one of my questions that I've been chewing on and just wondering about, I currently don't rent, but I have a lot of friends within you know, Toronto that rent and, and also are looking to buy. And something that I've heard constantly is that Toronto market is really, really high. Do you have a comment on that? What is, is that true? I don't know. <laughs> like, I, I don't know much about this. So, yeah. So I think, I think relative to where things were five years ago mm -hmm. and relative to, um, other cities in the country, I mean, 
except Vancouver because Vancouver is expensive anyway. Right. Um, it's expensive. There's no doubt about it. But the other thing that you have to look at is Toronto has really become this world-class city, right? Mm-hmm. We attract um, incredible immigrants who are educated, who come here with good jobs, and we attract companies to open their headquarters here. And, you know, we have an airport downtown that can go to New York in, in an hour and yeah. you can go to Boston and, you know, you go to Pearson and you can fly in anywhere, really. So mm-hmm. it's this great central hub of a city and it's on the water and it's clean and it's safe. And you can just go on and on about how good Toronto is. Mm-hmm. But with that comes um, expensive right yeah. the 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 cost of living here is expensive um going out here is very expensive there's no doubt about it um but one of the things that i've i've helped people with and what i always say is you know live your life where you want to be in terms of like the like location okay right and if that means renting in in toronto and having your whole social life and and that's your happiness mm-hmm. then then that's what you do but Buy a property somewhere that it's maybe a little more reasonable affordability. Okay. So like maybe you go into Hamilton and you're buying a house or a condo in Hamilton and renting that out. Okay. And then you get to live your life in Toronto. Okay. Right. So mm-hmm. I'm a big advocate of like, like I can never move to a smaller city. I just love um, the hustle, bustle, the grind, all that stuff. It kind of is what motivates me to get up in the morning. That's Same. that's that's my real passion mm-hmm. is like the hustle and growing things and companies and this and that, right? And so to not be in Toronto would be very difficult for me. Right. Um, but, uh, and so I can totally relate to that. And a lot of people need to be in the city for their work. Mm. But if you're saving and you're investing and you're buying properties somewhere else that are maybe a little more affordable, mm-hmm. you're still setting yourself up to be very financially comfortable down the road. Right. right. So if you're going, I mean, you brought up your mom's house that, that she bought for just over $200,000. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, over the years, like let's use that as an example. Let's say you go out somewhere, you buy a house for $250,000. Even if it doesn't go up, by a single penny in the next 20 years, which is highly unlikely, sure. but let's just say it's worth $250,000 20 years from now, yeah. right? You've, you've paid off the mortgage most likely, yeah. right? You have a tenant who's done it for you. So right. it's not like it you took you out of pocket anything. Mm-hmm. And then you have a, a certain amount of rent that's coming in every month. So you now have this like asset, which you can use where if you need the money, so you sell the asset or you borrow against it to buy more properties, right? Right. So there's so many things you can do. It's just sometimes you have to get creative. And especially living in a city like Toronto, you are forced to be creative where not everybody can buy like a $600,000 condo. Right. And that's the reality of the situation. And I think mm-hmm. the, my last point on this is people have always had this mentality here where they think they should be able to own mm-hmm. re- real estate. Right. And in Canada, up to a couple of years ago, that was manageable and that was realistic. But if you would talk to anybody from London, from New York, from Hong Kong, from certain parts of Europe, from, you know, there's numerous other cities. It was like you just rent it. Right. Mm -hmm. If you want to go live in Manhattan now, unless you have two million dollars to buy a place like you're probably going to rent with a few roommates. Like you're living a luxury life in Manhattan if you're living by yourself, let alone if you own a property. right? Right. And I think that the next generation will get that a little more and eventually it will become normal because Toronto right now, especially downtown is selling between like $1,200 a square foot 
And mm. I've seen projects come out at like $1,700 a square foot. Wow. So that, that's how we always measure the prices in real estate because you're able to benchmark them anywhere and the price per square foot. Right. And so as crazy as it sounds, I think that's still cheap yeah. in the long run, right? Like I remember when King West was selling for like 400 a foot. And nobody thought that it was going to go to five. And then no one thought it was going to go to 750. And then no one thought it was going to go to a thousand. Wow. And then like now it's like there's stuff coming out at, again, like 1700 a month, uh, 1700 a square foot. Right. And so eventually that's going to be 2000 $2,500 a foot. And so mm-hmm. while it looks expensive now, the reality has only become more expensive. Right. Okay, yeah. so invest if you can, so but if, if you, you can. can't, I mean, I think that there's still other ways, like you were saying. Like there's other markets. Yeah, there's, there's other, other markets. markets. I mean, yeah. if you look at a place like like Hamilton, is going to get, as Toronto becomes more expensive, right, mm-hmm. and more, less people can afford it, they, they overflow out to these other cities. So yeah. you're looking Barrie, you're looking Hamilton, you're looking Niagara region, you're looking Oshawa. Like mm-hmm. all those will reap the benefits of Toronto becoming more expensive. Well, that's what happened with Ajax, right? Everyone from Scarborough just sort of moved up to Pickering Ajax right. Whitby, right? And now you're sort of seeing that it's, you know, becoming really highly populated and people are even moving farther out, you know, east. So... Yeah, yeah, I think you're just sort of seeing that everywhere. Yeah, and we have, so it's interesting because, you know, we get developments all over the GTA. And, you know, some of the areas that you would think um, would maybe be a little bit cheaper aren't. Because they're huh. they're like like we had we've done a couple up in Vaughan and our next one's up in Vaughan. It's a bunch of townhouses out there, and uh, the price per square is still relatively cheaper than than downtown Toronto. Right. But if you get into like right in the hub of Vaughan, like downtown where the subway goes up to, mm-hmm. it's not that much more cheap. Yeah, right? and then so it's almost like the the Brooklyn Manhattan correlation, yes. Yes. Um, and we're we're it's really interesting because we're getting to watch Toronto become a world-class city. Right. What do you think Scarborough is the equivalent of, wow, I can't say it, equivalent (laughs) of in terms of New York. What are the different ones? In New York? Is it like, it's Harlem for sure. (laughs) But Harlem's cool now. That's the thing. It is? Oh yeah. There's all sorts of real estate developments going up there now. Really? Yeah. And it's actually pretty expensive. Really? So yeah. Maybe like a Queens or like a Long Island or something. I don't know. I don't know. Depends on where you go in Scarborough. Where I used to live. It, you know, I don't know what's been happening, but it's really gone like quite downhill. I was like Bellamy and uh, Lawrence, Bellamy and oh, Edmonton yeah. area. Yeah. Yeah. And there's it, some that are stunt like Guildwood, for example, is like stunning. Right? Is like, it? Down by the, isn't it like down by the water? And oh, stuff? oh Guildwood. Like, sorry. I was yeah. thinking of the other one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking of um, uh, Trinity Bellwood. No, no, no that's, that's the not park near here. Yep. No, yeah, 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 I yeah. haven't been to Scarborough <laughs> in a while. <laughs> really know what i'm talking about but yeah guildwood is nice guildwood's yeah, now right by the water yes yes you and know? near the bluffs yeah yeah and so there's you know there there's always going to be areas that have already appreciated right you can't look at real estate it's very hard to look at real estate and say toronto real estate is expensive yeah because you're kind of putting a blanket over the whole city mm-hmm. right where there's there's always going to be pockets that are up and coming Mm-hmm. where you can still afford to get in and maybe you have to buy a house and do a little bit of work or buy a sure. condo and do a little bit of work, yeah. right? But And then you have other areas that are just, you're already priced out, like R- Rosedale, Summerhill, Yorkville. It's already there. It's already expensive. Right. Will it get more expensive? Probably. Yeah. Um, but there are so many little pockets and little neighborhoods that 
have so much character and like so much vibrance. Yeah. It's just they're not quite there yet. So if you're able to right. get in early and pick up a place there, you just ride that wave of appreciation. Cool. Wow, very interesting. <laughs> so you said that your parents are entrepreneurs. They are. Do you think, you know, with the way that they brought you up, they prepared you for this lifestyle? They sort of, I don't know, do you think they helped instill some good subconscious beliefs that may have contributed towards your success? Totally, Possibly. 100%. I, I definitely, a large part of my success is is based on my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so my dad was always, he always had his own businesses. Okay. And he had a business that was across Canada. And I remember like his office was out of the house. And so I kind of joke with people that I grew up like half in a house, but half in an office, <laughs> right? Like I, I, I remember like packing boxes when I was so, so young and getting stuff ready to be shipped out. Wow. And it's kind of like what I always did, right? Mm. And he would have calls in stores and I would go out and do calls with him. And that was mm. what I always did. And we always worked together and we've worked together on like a number of projects since then. And so it definitely, definitely has, has influenced me mm-hmm. and my entrepreneurial spirit. But I think the coolest part of the whole story is that my mom, who anybody who would ever meet my mom, she's like, she's actually like you. She's like really? the nicest woman in the world. And she's <laughs> always happy. And it's like unicorns and rainbows. And like, <laughs> I love it. But like, it drives me so crazy sometimes. So you're saying right? I drive you insane, <laughs> Mitch. Jeez. But so she had always worked for other companies, right? She was a sales rep for a pharmaceutical company for a yeah. long time. And she kind of moved around a little bit. But then one day she said, you know what? I'm going to be happy. And you know what's going to make me happy? Mm. I want to work with animals. And so oh. she actually trained to become uh, a dog groomer. And mm. she worked at PetSmart first. And then she ended up opening her own store, right? And so she was never an entrepreneur. But then years and years later... She opens her own store and she's like killing it. Like from day one, she had a fully stocked schedule and uh, they have, I don't even know, like three or four groomers working there. And they're like, it's the best place in the world to go visit, by the way, if you're ever in Ottawa. So it's called Uptown Grooming. Shout out mom. Um, But if you're ever in Ottawa (laughs) and you want to like play with dogs, pet dogs, just like pop by there. But she's definitely like, you know, I, I think I learned a lot of lessons watching my dad do it but I think I gain a lot of inspiration watching my mom do it Mm. because she started so much later and she did it in a way where she followed her happiness and her Mm. heart and she was like what's gonna make me happy okay and then just because of like the passion that she was willing to put in that's why it's been so successful wow that's beautiful and you know I think also the trap that a lot of people get into is they start to think oh I'm too old now to start a business I'm too old to you know to do anything at this point and I love that you know she had already had a career and she had decided oh I'm going to now open my own pet store and do what I love and it's fabulous yeah. <laughs> oh it's okay don't worry about it <laughs> I can pause it okay <laughs> um yeah it's you know, I, I had this I had this interesting conversation the other day with somebody and, and um, it was like, do you really think that you need to love what you do in order to be successful? Hmm. And what is your answer to that? I'm, I'm flipping it back on you here. Okay. Um, I think yes. You think yes? Y- yes. I, I think you need to, uh, I need, I think you need to be strong willed. 
for sure. And you have to, you have to um, have the energy to get up and do it every single day. I think that's because I think all you really need is to be consistent to be successful. I think consistency is the number one ingredient. But I think certainly if you love what you do, you'll have the energy and passion to get up and be consistent even on shitty days. So it's valid. Yeah. yeah, it's really valid. Yeah. What would you so, say? So I actually like I'm a bit of a bit of a different opinion. I don't okay. think you need to love what you do. I think you just need to find what does motivate and what drives you. Okay. And I think you have to pull the fuel from that. And, and then hmm. that sort of goes into becoming um, really good at what you do and really successful mm-hmm. at what you do. But always having in mind like that goal. Right. So. Right. So does your career feed into your passion or does the results of your career allow you to pursue that passion? Gotcha. Yes. Right. And so it's just, that's one of like the random things that have been like in my head the last little while. And I, I had this conversation it. and it was, it was just a really interesting point. And so I think a lot of people are stuck and they're told nowadays that it's like, do what you love and the rest will kind of figure itself out. Right. But <laughs> Sometimes it's really hard to figure out like what you love that's enough to turn into a viable career because let's, you know, to be totally honest, like you need money to survive. Yeah. Right. And some of these things that like people are passionate about, you're just not going to make any money from it. Sure. But if you do something that allows you to do what you love in your free time, like Mm -hmm. maybe that's the the real solution. You know, like I just don't buy the whole do what you love and you'll be happy. No, you know what? The way that you just put it, I, I think I completely agree with that. Yeah. Okay. I th- yeah, I think that um, certainly it could go both ways, but I do think that if, if you can decipher which one it is, is it, you know, is what you love just traveling and right. hanging out with animals and you don't really know if you can make a career out of it, then do what you can to make your money and so that you can travel and hang out with animals all the time. Right, you know? exactly. I think that's great. Yeah. And, and then I think it takes away that pressure of yeah. I have to find what I love because that's the only way I'm going to be successful. Right. Which is the kind of the message that you hear a lot. Right. Yeah. Con- honestly, everyone that I talked to, you know, it's funny, I was just having this conversation last night with one of my girlfriends because she was really upset. Something happened with her schooling and she's getting set back for a year. And she just, she's for years not knowing what she wants to do. And she's like, should I just do what I love? But, but I don't know. I don't know how to make a money, money as a writer. And so I just really don't know what to do. And so I felt kind of stumped interestingly enough because I mean even though I'm pursuing what I love uh it's really hard (laughs) and you're you're so so lucky if you're the one percent or whatever percentage is that actually figures out what they truly love to do right um you know people ask me all the time like do you do you love real estate and it's like do I love real estate specifically like no it's just a commodity that moves from like one side of the transaction to the other right right but what I really love is I love helping people mm-hmm. build wealth and be successful. And then I also love the the grind and the hustle of, of figuring out the the puzzle of success, right? Yeah. How yeah. do I go from here to here in my career and advance myself and do that? I think that's what really drives me. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> just from Instagram, I know that you're a big animal lover. Totally an animal I, lover. I know that you travel legit. It seems like you're traveling every weekend, <laughs> but how do you find the time to fit in all of that with your busy schedule? Or would you say that your job affords you to be able to do that? Like what we were just talking about. 
Yeah, I you know I think I have some flexibility in when I do things. Obviously, the the hours that are put into the business are a lot yeah. in terms of every week, but there's just so much time. Like yeah. I don't know, wake up earlier and like or go to bed later or do both, and hmm. it's amazing how much extra time you can have. Like if you wake up an hour earlier every day, right? It's five hours a week, mm-hmm. right? Like. 50 hours, 50 weeks a year. Like that's a lot of free hours to, hmm. to do some stuff. Right. And then the other thing is, is now we can work remotely on so many things. So while, yeah, I do have to be on a lot of sites and in meetings and this and that, like when it comes to a lot of things, I'm lucky enough to be able to do it by email, whether I'm sitting in Miami or whether I'm sitting, you know, you name it kind of thing. That's right. one of my favorite cities, by the way. So is it? I'm sure you know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've seen, yes, I have seen you guys go a couple of times. Yeah. And, and I think that, <laughs> The other thing is I'm, I'm not a big, I'm not a big TV watcher. Um, okay. I also don't really like to relax a lot. It's not one of my strong suits. Huh. Um, so I'm usually <laughs> pretty like go, go, go. I mean, even like last night um, I got home and uh, I was, I, I, I was texting with my girlfriend and I was like, it was pretty late. It was like nine or whatever. And I was like, come on, you want to go get ice cream? And I was like, I think we left at like 10 or 1030 or something. Like we went to get ice cream. Nice. So like, I, I don't know. I just think like your time here is so short. Yeah. Just take full advantage and like live it oh, out. That's so beautiful. That's probably why you have the energy to get up earlier every day because you <laughs> see life like that. Truly, though. It's, it's lovely. Yeah. I mean, people always joke that I do have a lot of like a lot of natural energy. Yeah. And I think I'm I think I'm, I'm lucky. Yeah. Um, you know, early in life, they called it my ADD. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard them call them call it that before. <laughs> right? But but I think you over time I've been lucky enough to figure out how to channel it yeah. into the right directions. Mm-hmm. And so I remember like back in high school, um I was a terrible student by the way, like horrible. I couldn't wait to graduate school and start real life. Like All I, the best entrepreneurs are horrible at school. Just couldn't wait for it, you yeah. know? Like bring on real life kind of thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh and in high school, at one point, they, they decided to try me on Ritalin, which was like the big thing at the time, right? Wow. Like you're going to go on Ritalin. And I remember like my grades went up so much and I was able to take all my energy and focus it on my schoolwork. Hmm. But I was like a zombie the rest of the time. Wow. And so really good student, like really shitty life. Hmm. And so it just wasn't worth the trade off. And I didn't like the way it made me feel. And so I went off of it. And, you know, obviously my grades... weren't the best as a result of that um but you know it's not all about school it's just Mm -hmm. I'm not a believer I think you have to graduate obviously I think you should do post-secondary uh in something Mm -hmm. but I think you know the real lesson from school is the things that it teaches you such as like discipline and 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 deadlines and being responsible for things and and those are that's what's really important and Obviously, you know, most people are not geared to be entrepreneurs. They're geared to be employees. It's just how their minds are wired. Yep. Um, and, and knowing that is so important because then you do have to focus more on school. Sure. Right? Like yeah. if you are going to be an investment banker, yeah, there are certain doctor. steps or a doctor. Mm-hmm. There are certain steps that you have to take sure. and certain milestones that you have to hit. Right. Right? Where um, myself, I guess I call myself lucky in the fact that like, you know, it wasn't like that for, for me. Right. Right. I was able to sort of figure out my own way, which which sucks at some point. Yeah. Oh, right? yeah. Totally sucks. Um, but looking back, it's I would never have it any other way. Yeah. 
And then the other thing is you're like grateful for the times you struggle the most. Because mm-hmm. you learn a lot. That's when you learn. Yeah. You don't learn anything when you succeed, right? Yeah, you so learn true. when like shit hits the fan and you're kind of like, yeah. whoa, your head is spinning and it stops. You're like, okay, I guess I better figure out how like not to let that happen again. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's so funny. Amira said that on her episode on Namaste. Oh, okay, <laughs> amazing. <laughs> you guys must be close or something. Right? We know we know each other a little bit. Yeah. Just know a little bit. <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay, I'm honestly having the best time, but I wanna I wanna soon wrap this up because I I wanna do a few things okay. before we finish. You fire away. First off, so before we started the episode, I got Mitch to write down a goal that he is going to be working towards or something that he's working on right now. Yeah. So would you mind sharing it with everyone? For sure. First of all, I feel like I could probably fill this like entire notepad with my <laughs> with my goals. That's and that fantastic. notepad's what like three inches thick kind of thing. Like it's yeah, huge, right? You know. So yeah. <laughs> so while um, I probably have many more than this. This is the one that I was able to come up with that I think resonates the most for what I'm trying to do right now. Okay. And it is to create a life for myself where I'm in the position to always put happiness first. Hmm. So that means financially, that means health-wise, um, location, sort of a life-encompassing um, mantra to live by. Wow, it's That's beautiful. the goal. I love it. Thank you. That's amazing. I would say you... you you already sort of live a quite a happy life, I would oh, say. Oh, I'm totally. I'm a, I'm a very happy person. Yeah. I think there's always room for improvement. Yeah. Um, and you always want to be thinking like bigger and better and how can you expand and. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm the exact take same over, way. Right. Yeah. 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 Do you have any, uh, just one piece of advice that you would like to share with everybody? Sure. So, um, you know, I, I, I'll say this one because I think it ties into life and I think it also ties into investing, which is funny enough, the reason why Perfect. you had me here. Yeah. Um, you know, keep it simple. People okay. tend to really overcomplicate things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the basis of it, whether it's an investment, whether it's a big life decision, um, you know, try not to put too many variables in there that aren't necessarily reflective of it. Okay. Um, I think that investing-wise... Uh, you know, it can become very quickly complicated Mm -hmm. because you're looking at all these charts and these figures and these, and and like, you're like, whoa, this is crazy. I can't do it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if you, if you find a good financial advisor, you get a good contact in a bank, they'll be able to match your um, risk tolerance, whether that's high or low Hmm. with um, a number of whether it's a mutual fund or whether it's stocks or whatever it is. And then if it's buying property, then, you know, you're working with a, 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 an agent or a team okay. that kind of understands what your goals are. Okay. But the foundation of the whole thing is just, is, is keep it simple. And I, and mm. I think that transfers over to life as well. Cause I just mm. try to eliminate as much. I think your brain only has room for like so many decisions in a day. So true. Right. And, and like after that, it gets fatigued and your decisions get worse as your day goes on and on, yeah. which is why I don't know if you're similar to me, but my best decision making time is in the morning. Yes. Because you wake. Same. Yeah. I say this all the time between like I, I try to wake up or at least by eight o'clock, eight to twelve. That's my best time for working after twelve. After I eat, I'm like, I'm out. Right. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I, I think most people are like that as well. So if you can make your decisions, your big decisions anyway, in the morning, okay. but try to eliminate as much noise as possible. Like just mm. keep it simple. I love it. Yeah. That's wonderful. And be grateful. 
Yeah. You know? Yes. What a great way to like honestly finish off because that's exactly what I, we're always talking about on here. Gratitude is honestly the key to everything, I believe. Really is. Yeah. I've only learned it in the last like couple of years, I would say. Really? Yeah. Even with your happy unicorn loving mother? <laughs> <laughs> I would say. Her, yeah. I don't know. I can just imagine her <laughs> preaching gratitude. I don't know. All right. So one of the fun things that I like to do on my show to finish off is I like to pull a card for my guest. Have you ever had a psychic reading or Never, a card reading? But I think this is really cool. Okay. Amazing. I'm yeah. so excited. So... What I'm going to do is just shuffle this deck. So this is a new deck that I'm using, guys. I think I might have used this once or twice before in the last few episodes. So it's called the Psychic Tarot. Okay. And um, someone, one of my favorite psychics used it on me, and I just, I don't know. I love her. I love that reading, and I thought, I'm going to buy that deck, <laughs> and I'm going to be just as good, good as her. Go. Yeah. Here we yeah. Go. So, oh, oh, okay. Well, maybe I will just keep these cards. So I usually say that if any cards fly out of the deck while I'm shuffling it, it's important for you and relevant for what you need to know. And as well as any thoughts, feelings, ideas, or sensations that come to you while I'm reading to you these cards is uh, also what you need to know. So what's really crazy about these two cards that <laughs> flew out of this deck is that the first one's called Victory and Success, and the second one's called Triumphant Success. Yeah, I feel like these are good cards to fall out. Uh, yeah, I, and I've never seen them fall out together before, so that's pretty insane. So I will give you both of these, and I'm going to cool. find the meanings for you and read what the little booklet says. Uh, could you just read me the numbers? Sure. We so one is number six. Six in purple. Okay. Cool. That is so funny. And you can kind of you can kind of feel it. There's an energy to success, and you certainly have it. Thank you. Um, six. Weird. No. Or one blue is the other one. Yeah. What's interesting about this deck is that it just has so many different categories <laughs> that's the only <laughs> downfall about this deck is trying oh here we go so the, the violet one is six okay victory and success <clears throat> good news is on the way the qualities of this positive card are completion victory and success that often follow a difficult period many people around you are very proud to see how you triumphantly came through it they respect you and may even attempt to follow your example. You've worked hard and devoted much effort to get to this point in your life where you've become wiser and have grown in so many ways. Always remember to stop and pat yourself on the back. You deserve it. This card also reminds you to stay grounded, remember where you came from, and keep your ego in check. Don't lose who you really are. The victory can be your uh, sorry, the victory can be used as a teaching tool for the future. Realize that if you came through this challenging time, you can achieve anything. Wow. And, and I, I have to say, well, you know, I think we can have a full podcast on this next thing alone, but um, it hits home like perfectly. Like really? it works with the situation that I, uh, that I've recently got through. Oh, um, and it's wow. been like a good, uh, a couple year battle um, really? that I've been going through and, and we're just kind of getting 
to the end of it now. Amazing. And so it's really wow. weird that that, uh, not weird, it's, it, I think it's, it's the right energy. Yes. It's the right vibration that it fell out. Well, this is what I say, because a lot of people think, oh, like you're channeling spirits and whatnot. And yes, I think certainly there are people that wor work with cards and channel spirits. But for me, I'm just thinking about the person's energy and you'll pick up the card that's in alignment with their energy. I think it, there's no right or wrong. It, whatever card you right. pick up and they hear, it's what they need to know. So I try not to... To, I try to just go with it. Oh, it flew out. Great. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. And what's so. one blue? Because now you have me like really hooked here. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because before you even said something in my head, I went, oh, Mercury retrograde just happened. And that's a challenging time for all of us in terms of communication. So I thought maybe you were going to say something about that. Okay. Number one, triumphant success. I couldn't okay. tell you anything about mercury retrograde no? by the way okay. i hear it once in a while from people i don't really know i don't really know what it, what it is okay so i'll just explain it quickly for everyone listening who doesn't know about mercury retrograde. any guy by the way any like guy who's listening right now yeah like he won't know what mercury retrograde oh for is. sure yeah. oh for sure yeah. it always flies over my boyfriend's head yeah, yeah. <laughs> so essentially uh the planets revolve around the earth and the sun and uh when it's mercury retrograde it's just going the opposite way that it usually revolves so what that means is that so mercury is the planet for communication and often when mercury is going backwards communication is backwards oh interesting yes and you often see uh you know uh, electronic devices messing up and just uh, there's a lot of weird communication blocks and energy coming out at that time so you'll find that you'll often maybe get into a lot of disagreements or misunderstandings with people during it it's like a two to three week period oh, and wow, then those long. yeah oh, and it happens about four times a year and it's super annoying every single time it happens but what's interesting is that every time that it happens I don't know that it's going to happen because I don't really keep track of it but often I get into the same patterns of moods and thinking a certain way and I and I will I'll, I'll kind of not be as attracted to certain people in my life and I won't really know why I'm like really annoyed by them and then I'll suddenly realize from like a Facebook post oh it was mercury retrograde and it's the same pattern every time interesting really interesting, really interesting. so anyways Okay. Triumphant success, the blue card. The first of the mental cards signifies that new beginnings and exciting challenges may be before you. By utilizing your strength, willpower, willpower determination, and focus, there's the potential for you to reign triumphant in many areas of your life. In traditional tarot, this card represents the Ace of Swords. And since a sword is double-edged, it can cut through all the barriers that hold you back if it's done constructively and with precision. Remember that there's another side to the blade. If you're rash or you use it in a destructive way, it could be harmful to yourself and others. Always pause and think before you act. This card is a reminder to vanquish negative thoughts from your mind, strengthen and tap into your mental powers, and use clarity with control in order to initiate new ways of thinking. It's amazing. Very cool. There you go. Awesome. Well, see, I, need, I didn't even have to choose a card. No. They were chosen for me. So I'm so, well, you can if you want. No, actually. I think this is perfect. <laughs> I, I don't want to like... Actually, know? that's funny because I usually let the person also choose a card, but I just put it aside without yeah. even thinking. So yeah. clearly this is what was meant for the cards, you. The cards chose me. They did. Yeah. Wow. And I they work like, exceptionally well because I can relate to both of them. Amazing. Yeah. And they're both in like relation to each other as well. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Amazing. Well, thank you so 
so much for coming no on worries. here. No This Mitch. was a blast. I had so much fun. So did I, truly. <laughs> and I always like to finish on this note. I have a little motto myself. It's the grass is always greenest where we are right now. Love it. Right. So true, and I love it. It's it is so true. So true. So just be grateful for what you have. Try to be as present as possible, and like you said, you know, just try to be happy and live life to the fullest. You know. That's it. Yeah. All right. Sending you guys so much love, light, and motivation to go slay at your goals. <laughs> Namaste. For more Namaste or to support the Namaste podcast, visit patreon.com slash Melissa Malati. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Melissa Malati.